Hi, I'm Carol Miller from Counseling Essentials. And I'm Brandy from the Counseling Teacher Brandy. And we know that it takes a village to raise a child and that it takes a team to create a comprehensive school counseling program. That's why we've created the Perks School Counseling Membership. We are here to perk up your confidence, perk up your program, and perk up your curriculum. I fill up your cup by giving you instant access to our turnkey lessons, groups, and individual sessions that are fun and engaging for kids. By providing you PD and training that earn you graduate credit and adding you to our community for ongoing troubleshooting and support. We want you to kick up your feet and relax so you spend less time planning and more time doing the things you love. So give us a try and join us for three months and get your first month free. Go to the show notes for the link to join. You're listening to the Counselor Chat Podcast, a show for school counselors looking for easy to implement strategies, how-to tips, collaboration, and a little spark of joy. I'm Carol Miller, your host. I'm a full-time school counselor and the face behind Counseling Essentials. I'm all about creating simplified systems, data-driven practices, and using creative approaches to engage students. If you're looking for a little inspiration to help you make a big impact on student growth and success, you're in the right place because we're better together. Ready to chat? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. It's Carol. Welcome back to another episode of Counselor Chat. I am really excited today for our guest. Um, Her name is Taylor Maxwell. And just to give you a little background, I feel like we are kind of like globe trotting around around the globe a little bit, because if you have been following the podcast, you'll know that I've done a few other episodes recently on international school counseling. Um, One was was with Daniel Inman, who talked about his life in Ethiopia. And another one was with Michelle Pannell, who uh, talked about counseling in Korea. Today, Taylor, our very esteemed guest, is going to be talking all about her experiences because she is currently in Budapest, Hungary. So just to give you guys a little background about Taylor, Taylor is a school counselor. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology. She's originally from Nashville, Tennessee. And um, prior to being in Budapest, Taylor was actually in Korea for five years, where she was a K-12 counselor and a high school counselor. But now she is in Budapest with her husband, and she is a middle school counselor. So Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad to be here. We are really excited to hear all about your experiences. So um, why don't you just jump right in and tell people a little bit about yourself and who you are and give us all the dirt. Tell us all about school counseling in Hungary. Yeah, absolutely. So um, whenever I was finishing my time in Seoul, I felt like it was a time for change after five years. And so um, especially with COVID, ending it was it seemed like the perfect time to actually open up some options and look on the horizon for what other opportunities are out there and so high school counseling in korea if anybody knows is it's a re- can be really tough and very intense and so i figured you know middle school counseling is one where i i just love to be with kids and i absolutely love to get more time in the classroom and teach some of those fundamental social and emotional skills and so I was really looking for opportunities like that. And uh, it was really cool because 
the American International School of Budapest popped out of nowhere. I was in the middle of interviews and they popped out and basically their mission statement, like the core is well-being. And so, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of school counselors heart is just making sure that the student is the center of what we do and that the well-being of the students and the families that we work with are um, our top priority. And so it was just really cool to get to hop from one school to this current one where our, my whole focus is getting to work with kids and be hands-on with them and really have a school be able to back that up and uh, make that their top importance. So I'm really excited about it. It's been a really cool transition so far. That sounds really awesome. What actually led you to counseling overseas, counseling abroad? Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, I, yeah, I had no idea what opportunities would be available to me when I was in my master's program. And so um, being very um, open-minded about opportunities, I actually was on a mission trip um, in Nepal. And it was really neat because it was the first time I had ever been overseas. And so, um, but I, I'm an outdoorsy person and I also love being active. And so this mission trip came up where we were delivering donations to different villages in Nepal after the earthquake that happened. And while I was there, I got to also help teach English at a uh, school that's maybe three days from Everest. So not only is it gorgeous, but the opportunity was just so beautiful to get to work with those kids. And that's when I just realized, wow, I might be able to use my career and travel and also still help and serve children. And so that's when I started Googling uh, just international schools and options that were out there, which ended up leading me to Korea for my first K through 12 job. So it kind of came full circle and I never saw myself in Asia just because from where I'm from in the South, it just didn't seem uh, like I could do it. And then when I realized, wow, I could make this happen, this could be a reality. I definitely jumped at the chance. Awesome. I, you know, I know from talking with the, the other counselors and their experiences, it, it sounds like it's pretty similar. Like I wanted to do some traveling. I wanted just something new. And I also really wanted to maybe get my first school counseling job. Yeah. So it kind of all falls in together. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think too, there's something to, um, like I had never been overseas before. And so when I did get that opportunity, getting to speak with people who are outside of the US, they just have just a different way of seeing the world. And they also have different um, struggles that are in their lives. And so that also really intrigued me getting to have just new experiences with the kids that I worked with and what their lives look like um, versus maybe the experiences that I had. So it's also just a different way of their worldviews that really intrigued me because, I mean, you just have such a different reality when you live in the U.S. that when I started talking to kids and actually talking to um, their parents and what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis when I was in Nepal, I think that also really intrigued me because it's just a different way of seeing things and working with families. So you just get different experiences. And that was really exciting to me too. What have been some of the real big experiences that you have been able to witness and be a part of? Uh, what kind of experiences? Yeah. Like, what are you like so grateful for? Like, wow. Like if I had hadn't gone overseas, I would have never been able to see X, Y, Z. Oh gosh. Yeah. I just, well, I, I just never thought, first of all, um, like just in terms of travel, I never would have been able to see, I mean, a, a very good part of Asia. 
and just learning about their culture, their heritage, um, getting to understand more of that side of the world and where they're coming from. I would have never gotten that opportunity. Um, I also never would have met my husband, which we, he's from Oregon, but we met each other in Korea. And that was also a, um, a COVID blessing during that time working at the same school. I think another thing I never would have gotten to do was um, I was thinking about working in public school, but my first job in Korea was at a rural school um, about an hour south of Seoul. And I got to work in three divisions. I got to be um, with elementary kids, with middle school kids and with high school kids. So I really got to have that range and get to experience just all the different levels of development and be hands on with those kids since it was such a small school. Yeah, there's just been so many really neat blessings that came out of it. Is there something that you really love the most about working internationally? Uh, probably. <laughs> yes. Um, gosh, how to choose the best one. I really, I just love, I love the travel. And on top of that, I really just love working with the kids from all different parts of the world. Um, they just, they really help me be able to uh, see, see the world differently. And they also help me learn a lot about like how to be, a culturally responsive counselor. They really helped me learn how to be more open-minded and like push me to see different resources and how to serve kids in different ways than I never would have been able to um, just because of the nature of being amongst different cultures and, uh, and different ways of looking at the world and values. So absolutely. Is there anything that you miss like since you're living internationally? Um. I think what comes with that is, is family. You know, I think that's one of the harder parts is at least from, uh, from where I'm from in the South, most people don't leave. Uh, I'm from like right outside of Nashville and it's a small town and it's an awesome town to live in. And I think that's one of the things that's tough is you only come back maybe a couple of times a year, if that, because of the work that you do, which is amazing, but also you do miss family. Uh, but you know, that's the beauty of social media and what we do, you know, you get to stay in touch, but that's for sure something I would, I would miss. Yeah. If you were to compare your two schools, like your school in Korea versus your school in Budapest, are there some really major differences? Yeah, I think, so I think the one thing I have to preface before I say this is I was a high school counselor there and a middle school counselor there or here. And I think being a high school counselor there, one of the biggest differences um, would be just the academic pressure and rigor. You know, uh, in Korea, that is something that's really tough on kids is they're really pushed uh, to reach their highest potential in the university that they can get accepted in. And as a high school counselor, you have that pressure to make sure you are supporting them to make that happen. And really, we know as counselors, we want them to have the best fit. but Sometimes that means you have to fight the pressure that's coming from parents who haven't learned what best fit means. And so you're having to educate them on that. But I think that's one of the big differences is the academic rigor and pressure that comes with academics. In the middle school, you know, I think one of the biggest differences with what I was doing is that I think here in Hungary, kids are a lot more open about their life experiences and also what's going on at home which leads to some more safeguarding issues. And I think that's something that I'm seeing way more frequently um, and then having to support them on that too. Um, and I think that's what the biggest difference for the two schools. What is your typical day like 
as a middle school counselor in Budapest? This is a great question. And I feel like the first image that comes to my mind is a revolving door. Um, you know, I think as a, when you first get to a school, you know, you try uh, your best to establish yourself in terms of the relationships you have with both kids and staff and of course families. And uh, that's definitely been my day to day is just trying to be out and about as much as possible and getting to know kids in classrooms and their advisories um, and also creating ways for them to access me, you know, whether that's through appointment and giving them access to my calendar and booking meetings or rest times. And um, but I would say it's basically a revolving door. I sit down to answer emails, but then kids start right away coming in at 830. And so, you know, they there's a constant stream of kids wanting to share and talk, but also learn more and also just being curious, you know, about different things that are going on in their life. So yeah, it's kind of a revolving door of working with kids, being in advisories, getting to help teach uh, social emotional learning, and then also just working with staff to really help them understand more of what I do and also how they can be supportive of that too. In terms of your own personal living in, in Budapest, what, like, I, I guess, not really how do you compare it, but what do you, what are you finding is a challenge, like living there? Or also, what are the things that, like the foods or parts of the culture that you are really enjoying? Yeah, great question. I think, um, you know, in Hungary, the biggest difference, at least living in Budapest versus Seoul, is Seoul is like so technologically advanced and the, the conveniences of life are very easy to get. So whether it's public transportation or delivery or just getting ha having access to whatever you need is so easy. Uh, I will say in Budapest, it's not bad at all, you know, with, with public transportation, getting around and getting to be able to try to navigate and understand the culture. But at the same time, there are some of those conveniences that I that I definitely miss. Um, I will say Hungarian culture, I mean, they love festivals. Uh, they absolutely enjoy getting to celebrate. Now, that's one thing we've noticed living near our house. There's like a festival almost like every week. Um, so that's kind of fun to get to partake in the different celebrations of their history or their culture. And you learn a lot about them really quickly. Their food is delicious. They're all about the beef and potatoes or soups like goulash, which is like on every at every restaurant, which is great. And it's very nice because it's such an international city. You know, English is everywhere. But at the same time, their language is one of the hardest ones to learn in the entire world. But it's been very cool to get to start learning their language because they're just so appreciative of that when you're trying to take that step out and learn more about them and their culture. And so that's been really, uh, really fun, but also a challenge is to learn how to speak Hungarian. But it's really nice, too, because, you know, they're, they're very accommodating with English. Yeah. And also they're the, the city is gorgeous. Um, it's funny, hung Hungary is a beautiful country, but we were told by locals that when you get there, Budapest is so international, it feels very different than the rest of Hungary. So you're kind of in an international pocket. And so you get the conveniences of all these different nationalities having restaurants and shops there. So that's nice. And the city is beautiful. Um, just gorgeous buildings. And it might be one of the most beautiful lit up cities um, at night. It's really, really gorgeous. But at the same time, then you you kind of want to push yourself to go outside of Budapest so that you can really see and understand more of the day-to-day -day of 
Hungarians living. So yeah, it's, it's really nice. And it also has some challenges with it, but it's worth it because you just get to learn more about them and their, and their nation. Awesome. And this question is really for, I think counselors here that are deciding whether or not they want to try a new experience and maybe go to an international school. What advice or what information can you share with them? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you just want to consider the lifestyle that you'd like to have and also what what you would what type of benefits that you feel like you and your family needs and then on top of that how you would like to serve at that school. So for example, I feel like uh, families may want to look at schools that schools and packages where they're able to be able to make sure they have everything they need for their kids, but they also are able to do the lifestyle that they would hope to have for their children. So like when we were living in Korea, Korea is an excellent place, you know, for families uh, because Korea is so great about taking care of kids and being very safe country and the schools are like have great packages, you know, same thing in Hungary. Hungary is a very safe place. They, they have a lot of options for family care. Um, and I think, too, when you look at your school, you're just kind of looking at what type of position that they have and then also the support that comes with that in the package. So I know one of the reasons why I chose this school was I was looking at their mission and a lot of what their mission talks about are the things that I like feel that are very important. And so that's it's an important thing to look at because I feel like I get the support from the school because it's part of their values of what I want to do. So that's really nice. And then once you go through that process, just getting to ask as many questions as possible so that you can kind of get the full picture of, of what it's like to live there, what it's like to work there. And also most schools are really cool about hooking you up with somebody at that school who already lives there. So even after, you know, your interview or as you're researching, you can ask someone who actually works at the school and lives in that country currently and you just you're able to get all the information that you need so that you can make the most um, informed decision. I would I would definitely do those things because then you feel like you understand what you're getting into. Right. And um, when you were like looking and searching, did you were you part of any like online groups of, you know, other international educators or like how did you hear about like your these openings? Or did you just simply use the, you know, the computer to research? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. You know, I have a couple of groups that I was a part of. Um, one of them is ISS. Um, that's actually an international school services group, you know, that actually has uh, openings for all international schools or as many as are affiliated with them. And then Schroll is another one. Um, both of these groups have all the openings of any school that's uh, a part of their organization. And they also have job fairs and online job fairs. And so I would, I just kind of looked through um, different websites that are like them, that are actually international school organizations that are looking to hire. So that's like the whole point of that website. And it's neat because once you join them, they also have like uh, professional development opportunities. You can go to different webinars for them. And on top of that, they also do hiring for schools. And it makes it really easy because you fill out one application, kind of takes a little bit of time, but at least you fill out one application. And when you start applying, 
you simply just click that you would like to apply for that school. So it's not like you have to do a million applications. You do the one. And then because you're a part of that organization, you can look through the schools with openings and then click the ones that you would like to uh, put in your resume or CV for. And so it makes the process really streamlined. You get to learn about all those schools through those organizations. And then um, the uh, principals or recruiters will contact you through them, which is, it just makes it really easy. Now, after Budapest, have you thought about other places that you might want to go to another country? <laughs> I know yeah. this is a really loaded question. <laughs> well, it's funny you asked me that because I mean, I'm, I, I just like to think in the future about things. And I also, I just, again, I really love traveling. So I like thinking in the future and start talking with my husband about like, okay, what, what could be a great next option even after this school? Uh, hopefully I'm at this school for a while, but you know, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think we're, we miss Asia. So we're still in that transition phase of getting used to Europe just because we both lived in Asia for a while. So that's where we called our home away from home. And now we're settling into our new home in Hungary, but we've both thought uh, we, we would like to move to Southeast Asia after this. Uh, we were we were looking at a couple of schools before we moved to Hungary that are in um, Vietnam and Thailand. Uh, so I think we would really consider moving over there uh, after this at some point, just because it's very inexpensive to live there. It's also wonderful food, interesting culture, great weather for the most part of the year, not all, <laughs> but for a lot of part of the year it is. And so we probably would look at maybe Southeast Asia uh, next after this. Very cool. And um, I'm just... As you were talking about the weather, I was laughing a little bit because what our our listeners don't know is the last time we tried to connect, well, we encountered some snow problems in <laughs> Hungary and we couldn't talk because yeah. uh, the internet was out. So, <laughs> Oh, that was the craziest day because it was funny. Uh, people were telling me at our school, at the American International School of Budapest, they said, oh, well, we never take snow days because it only snows like maybe a couple inches if it really does come down. And so it was so funny. We were going to do this uh, episode. And then next thing I know, it snows about over a foot. And they said it's the most snow they've ever had in like 11 years. So it was just the most freak. It was the most freak thing. Well, at least you have a good story to tell, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I was hungry and it snowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made it really beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a great time. But yes, there were, you know, all the power outages and all that stuff because they just they weren't ready for that first snow so early. But everything was OK and we worked it out. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I'm so glad that uh, we were able to connect today and talk a little bit. Is there anything else that you want to share about your experience or anything? Yeah, else I just think, you know, I guess to, to round it out, you know, I just it definitely was a dream come true. You know, I think when you, when you really get to move overseas for the first time, I was very nervous. I think I was 24 when I first moved over to Korea and there's just a lot of unknowns, which is true. But, you know, I feel like if it's something that is on your mind and on your heart, you know, I would say you should definitely do it because schools are really great about uh, taking care of you in terms of, flights and insurance and housing. And so you really feel taken care of. And I think as long as you ask all the questions you need, like there's never a dumb question, as we always say, and you really just think about what type of lifestyle you want. I mean, it can be a, a real dream come true. And it's just such a fun 
uh, a fun time to be able to do that and also be able to work as a school counselor. I mean, it's just so rewarding as all of you know. I mean, if you're a school counselor, you know how awesome it can be and challenging at some times, but I think it just makes it even more fun when you're getting to um, work at this level. So I would definitely encourage anyone to do it for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You yeah. know, I think for counselors that are or educators in general that are going overseas and then coming back and sharing their experiences, I think that's just really awesome to do, especially as we're trying to become more culturally competent. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, it's important to see the stories and hear the voices of what life is like in other places because sometimes we're limited to just a single story, like yeah. maybe what we've read or what we've seen on the, the TV once, or, um, but we really don't know like the day-to-day -day activities and what goes on without hearing it from someone who's actually living it. So, yeah. And I think too, like uh, at our school, we're trying to uh, not trying, but it's a mandate actually that we do uh, like diversity training um, once a month with a group of people that are really trying to push us to kind of find out where our holes all holes are or our blind spots. And so it was, it's really, it's really a blessing, honestly, because, you know, when you're, when you grow up, for example, in the U S and you have the privilege, the privileges that you do, you know, some of these conversations they really bring into the forefront about, um, you know, are you using you know, the power and the privileges that you have to really bring in the voices and the experiences of marginalized groups or minorities. And, you know, like they are a part of our populations at school. And so it's really helpful, I think, uh, whenever you go overseas, uh, depending on what school you're at. But yeah, when you go overseas, you start to see those blind spots you might have. And I just think it makes you a better counselor because you're just exposed to those voices and experiences and you're able to think about that in your practice, which then helps you find resources to then get those kids connected and uh, the resources that they need to be supported. So, I, yeah, I think it's just so helpful. Um, and it's an experience that I think some schools do get to have now in the United States, but I feel like it's few and far between. So it's I just think it's really helpful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. And I know that I had a great time talking with you and I hope our listeners are just soaking up your story and thinking, you know, what they can do with it. And for those counselors that are thinking about going internationally, I think just hearing like the benefits and the experiences, maybe that'll lead them to try something new. Oh, I hope so. So once again, thank you so much. Thank um, you. We are for our listeners, this will air after uh, the holidays, but right now it is currently before the holidays. So I'm going to wish Taylor a uh, happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and um, enjoy the time with your families and have fun. All right. For our listeners, thank you very much for joining us today on Counselor Chat. Remember, if you're interested in hearing the previous podcasts on International School Counselors, be sure to go back and listen to episode 36, where we talk about school counseling in Ethiopia, and episode 37, where we talk about school counseling in Korea. And I will also link those in the show notes as well. And if you have any questions for Taylor, um, Taylor, I don't know if you want to give your contact information or if you just want me to send people, like if anyone has a question for you, you want me to send it on to you. That would be great. Yeah, I would absolutely be open to that. 
So if you have any questions for Taylor, just let me know and I'll be sure to get them to her. Anyway, people, until next week, have a great week. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Counselor Chat. All of the links I talked about can be found in the show notes and at counselingessentials.org forward slash podcast. Be sure to hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. Want to connect? Send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Counseling Essentials. Until next time, can't wait till we chat. Bye for now.